0: Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510, where we talk all things real estate. I am your host, Michael Thayer with Waterstone Mortgage. I'm MLS License, and I'm license number is one seven three two six four. Little tongue twisted and a little early this morning. Kind of, you know, I don't know what it is, but we're gonna get the bugs out and get this sucker going. We got an outstanding show this morning. We've got two, two new superstars here in the house. We have Miss Alicia Griffith from the Wilson group. Alicia. Alicia.
1: <laughs> Alicia. Alicia. Alicia.
0: Alicia. <laughs> Alicia. I always mess with everybody's name on the first time around. I always mess with them, give them a different name, twist them around, but everyone gives me a grief, a hard grief time. So a little nickname,
1: you nickname us.
0: Nickname, and then you're my wine lady. But that's a different story. It's off to the side. <laughs> but you also call me the float man. So that's a different story as well. So, very that's, true. That's all side talk, but in any events. Alicia from the Wilson Group. How long have you been in the real estate business?
1: I got my license in 2008.
0: And why are you in this crazy business?
1: I love it. I've always loved it. What's uh, wrong with you? I know. It's crazy. It's a sickness, it's an addiction for sure. It is an addiction. That is for mm-hmm. sure.
0: So what what keeps you what I mean what's the motivation why do you love it so much?
1: Um, I think I'm a risk taker.
0: You like the risk?
1: I like the risk.
0: It's a fun game.
1: It is a fun game.
0: I mean, trying to take them, put the deals together, take get the people. You know, hey, I want to go buy a house, but I only have this. I have that. You know, it's for us. It's the same kind of equation, the same game on our side. They have X credit, they have X down payment. But they want to go buy a four hundred thousand dollars house, but they have you know, enough money to play with for a thousand dollar payment, but yet you got to figure out how to make that work. And then you've got to find them the house and the neighborhood they want and with the amenities that they want and everything else. And I don't know how you do it.
1: Yeah, I think what keeps me going, too, is I love that you never know. People think they know what they want and where they want to be. And sometimes through the process, it changes so many times. And I'm always thinking, you know, well, just calm down because we don't really know something's going on. There's a reason we Mm -hmm. didn't get this particular house. And then it's always fun to look back at the end and say, wow, that's why you didn't get that particular yes. house. Either you're either you got a job promotion or yeah. you were you know moving or you're pregnant now you're having another child. <laughs> <laughs> things happen for a
0: reason. Yeah. I always tell people things happen for a reason in this business. It's crazy. I mean it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. But then we also have Miss Darla Boozlow. I always like boozlow. What is it? Is it French? Was is it, it is
2: French. It is French? Yeah, I said yeah. I've married a French New Yorker. How much crazier oh could I get? Oh my
0: God, Brian!
2: <laughs> yeah. God, right?
0: God bless you, <laughs> Darla Bruslow from ABC Insurance Group. And I tried to say that the first time. Dar- I mean, Brian was on a show, and it came out ABCs. Or it came out too fast one way, or it was too early in the morning. I think we're still at six o'clock in the morning. But uh, ABC Insurance Group. And how long have you been? Or actually, how long have you been in the insurance business?
2: So, insurance business since 2004.
0: 2004.
2: That's when we opened our first agency. And you were one of the first individuals that I called on back in 'o four. if you can For believe real? that. For real.
0: We yep. were one of the first ones.
2: You were. Yeah, I was wow. in healthcare sales. And Brian said, Darla, I need help growing this business. I was doing referral development in healthcare. And I said, okie dokie, I'll come on board. And I came on board and I put together these lovely little packages for mortgage yeah, companies. Yeah, I remember that. Started researching them and you were in Brentwood at the time. Yeah. I came over and the rest is Knocked history. Knocked on the door
0: and there it is.
2: There it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, it's a lot has changed since then. But I mean, you guys have gone from being with the bigger, I mean, I don't want to Jump into that part of it, because we're going to talk about that more later.
2: Captive but, might be. We started with the captive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We sold you, one type of company.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And now you guys have the ability to really take and put a a client with the proper insurance product that they need to be with versus being captive and only have a one product to put them with.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's cool. I've learned a lot from working with you guys and watching you guys help clients and all that good stuff, so... What keeps you in the insurance business? Because, I mean, to me, I look at that and I'm just like, oh, my, no, 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 no.
2: That's a really good question. And I'm trying <laughs> to come up with a really good answer. What keeps me in it? Um, there is a certain component to it, to helping people yeah. and helping people understand what they need. Right. Because I definitely think this is a business where people really have, you you tell somebody, oh, you have 100 300 auto limits, and they have no idea what you're talking yeah, about, none. or you talk about their homeowners' insurance and why they need certain coverage, right? They have no idea what that means. Yeah, I still totally agree. And so, it there is a, a element of helping people to it. that I'm a social worker by trade, by education, so I think that's the social worker in me.
0: Yeah, now I know you're married and one son, how old are Actually, two daughters. Yeah, I one, two, two kids: one daughter, one son. Yeah. Two dogs.
2: Three dogs. Three dogs. Yeah, we adopted another.
0: When did you do that?
2: <laughs> it's been about a year. Oh wow, Hank. We now have another boxer named Hank.
0: Jeez.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: you have
1: one son. One a son. Teenage son. Any animals? Uh, lots of animals okay. yes <laughs>
0: about to say I, th- I thought you were animal lover but i couldn't remember yes, for sure
1: large 100 pound dogs and nothing wrong with cats that. running around it's yeah i live on 5 acres just right inside nashville but it's i've tried to make it as close to a zoo as possible
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that man <laughs> what kind of what kind of dog is it
1: i have a german shepherd and a golden retriever
0: there you go we've got a golden uh, i mean a uh, german shepherd and great dane mix with a uh, 100% uh, pure pure, uh, pure breed um, Great Dane.
2: Nice. And white yeah. shows, too. Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Brian said I needed to talk to you guys about insurance for him. Something about- For the, the Great Dane? Yeah, something about the large breed with the insurances or whatever. I yeah. don't think
2: Great Danes are on the dangerous breed I don't think list, they though. they are, either. Some car- carriers vary yeah. in terms of what animals are on their list. I mean, you have your traditional, like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. A lot of those are on everyone's list. Right. But.
0: I don't think a great dean is.
2: I don't think so. I think German, Shepherd, German Shepherd, is. Shepherd
0: is. German Shepherd is? Yeah. Really? Yep. Just because of their protectiveness and so forth? Yep. Maybe that's what it was. He was I bet it was. Because he's a
2: mix of. Yeah. But the fact that he's not purebred is because that's your mix, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're fine. Huh. I could be wrong,
0: but see, that's why you need to talk to your agents.
2: Oh, well, there you go. There you exactly.
0: Go. Yeah. Well, Jimmy's saying we have to go out to a break, so we're going to jump out real quick. But when we come back, we're going to get into the industry lingo, and then we're going to talk about if you missed any of our last uh, last week's show or previous shows, we're going to show you how to catch up and go into that. So we're going to get into the industry lingo. Talk about. Overlays, letters of explanations, how to get by with one year's tax returns if you're self employed. So come back and check us out in our next segment at the Money Man and Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLIC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show here, where we talk all things real estate. And let's talk about the industry lingo this week. Letters of explanation. Darl over there is just like, Rrr. you've been down that road
2: a time or two or three or four. Yes,
1: a <laughs> <laughs> I...
0: few investment properties ago. And anybody that's bought a or bought or sold a house, especially if you've gone down the investment property routes or multiple properties, anything you've had anything that's just not cookie cutter, you've had to explain it. And when you have to explain something to an underwriter or just you know just document something, it's called a letter of explanation, LOX, and it could be um, deposits. You know what's this large deposit for? You know um you know it's money from such and such that's a letter of explanation it, they can be a pain in your butt they can be just downright irritating but yet at the same time it's one of those things of you, when you understand the fact that every file at some point is going to get audited and reviewed and someone's going to pick up that file somewhere and they don't know you they don't know me, they don't know anybody that was associated with the transaction, and that person's going to pick up the file, and they're going to have to be able to literally read it from cover to cover and connect the dots. And if they can't connect the dots, they're going to push it back. And then when they push it back on the lender, the lender's ultimately going to come back to you if they can't answer the questions and satisfy the auditor. So the better the better job that the lender does explaining everything, i.e., the letters of explanation, the easier it is for the auditor to connect the dots, and that's why lenders ask for letters of explanation. So go ahead and don't fight your lender, but go ahead and provide them the letter of the explanation and smile and mumble and grumble under your breath and hang up the phone or whatever. Um,
1: I always like to explain it to people as, you know, the bank is actually buying the house for you. Yeah. So we <laughs> we have to do these things, even though they're annoying. Oh, true. You know, they're protecting themselves. And then, you know, if I'm working with a buyer and I've got several months, I always like to say, listen, just keep your ch- checking accounts yeah, very clean. Mm-hmm. You know, if your are babysitting on the side, please don't deposit that in your account. Or if you please call Michael first and ask him how to deposit that or yeah, I mean- how he prefers you to deposit that.
0: I mean, if 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 you've got some, if you do have an, a situation like that, if you if you have the luxury to where you can open up a second account to where it's nothing but cash, and you don't need that cash, you know, for your regular everyday stuff, then that's your cash account, and you can go pull cash and you know do what you want with that, and your regular payroll check comes in through your regular checking account. That's cool. And then we don't have to source all these cash deposits into your regular checking account, which I know that's probably not realistic for everybody's situation, but yet if you if you have that ability or you have multiple accounts to where you can kind of keep that stuff separated, you know, in investment properties, if you have an investment property account and you're not co-mingling those funds and you have all this stuff going back and forth, it just makes it easier to keep things separated. And the easier you keep things separated... The easier it is to document everything and it's just it's the easier it is to present stuff to an underwriter. So the less questions they'll have when they look at it and go, what in the world?
2: Yes. Yeah. You've never had that happen before.
0: No. <laughs> We're gonna move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So overlays. Think of overlays like a lender overlay is um I thought I had a good way of explaining this. Think of it like, um, all right, automotive, Chevy. There's also GMC, and then there's like Dodge and Chrysler. There's Nissan and Infiniti, Toyota, Lexus. They're they're basically made. They're similar, but they're yet not the same. Okay, you with me? Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they basically make the conventional lending rules. So they basically say, here are the lending guidelines, all of you banks. The banks then take all of the lending rules, and then they say, all right, we're going to create some additional rules. And they slap some additional rules on top of them. Okay? Okay. So think about it like if you're going on vacation, you can go buy or you can go rent this condo that says, "Hey, no pets allowed," but yet this condo right next door says, "Pets are allowed." That's the, you're all you're talking about is overlays, restrictions, additional rules, where it's exact same product, but yet one it's allowed on one, but yet right next door it's not allowed. Does that make sense to you guys?
1: Yep. Yes, that's why we. I toss all of those questions to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sort out this hieroglyphic crap. But yeah, I mean, it's overlays can be extremely frustrating because they can, they'll vary from lender to lender. I mean, like at Waterstone, we can get by with one year's tax returns, whereas everybody else is typically two year's tax returns for self-employed. That's great. So, you know, that's just an overlay in the way we present it, the way we run it, but yet... You know, you, you get all sorts of different ways that you can do things, but it's just it's I like to describe it more like the more overlays a bank puts on their guidelines, it's is the more they're trying to cherry pick the perfect borrower, the less risk they're trying to take or to expose themselves to. And they're gonna be more um, or less willing to do um um I, don't, I don't wanna say I don't want to say a uh a marginal loan or anything like that, but yet they're they're just not gonna they just don't have an appetite to do um anything that's outside what they deem as their box, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. Does that make sense?
2: Insurance companies are a lot like that.
0: And they're very very selective, yeah. very picky when yep. I mean they don't need to be that selective, that picky. I mean, the guidelines are the guidelines and they're already, you know, tight as they are. So um that's overlays, um, and then if um, we've covered a couple of these things before on previous shows as well. So if you've missed any of that, you can go back out on our website at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at MoneyManMike Mike Radio, and uh, check them out because we post stuff out there all the time, and you can v- check out everything because we videotape it. And we also all have some out um, outtakes somewhere. We have some behind the scene chats and some funny moments and everything else so check all that stuff out at moneymanmike.net and on facebook at net. and then one thing that uh, i think we talked about a couple weeks ago and i don't think we really wrapped it up was what state gives you the most bang for your buck you know you always hear about you can move from one state to the next and your salary doesn't go as far as it does in one particular state as it does another. The cost of living there is a whole lot higher than it is here, and so on and so forth. And the general consensus is, the you know get the Washington D.C., Hawaii, New York, New Jersey, California, they have the highest cost of living. So if you have a, you know the average, the benchmark is hundred dollars. How far will 100, 100 bucks go? Washington D.C. You can only buy eighty five bucks worth of goods for the same for a hundred bucks. Hawaii, 84, New York, 86, New Jersey, 88, California, 88. The lowest cost of living, Mississippi at 116. Would you believe that? 116 in Mississippi. Hey, Jimmy, where do you think the next place is? Definitely not Nashville.
1: Come on, man.
0: Nashville's probably, what, 92? No. No, it's not. It's surprisingly not too far off the top. Of, uh, actually, it's in the top 10, but it's not too so far you, off. So you're saying what's what's the lowest besides Mississippi? Is that the question? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a good question. It's gonna make Arkansas. A, no, no, no. It's going to make a few of these people in the South happy with it being football time.
2: Alabama. There you go. <laughs>
0: Them Roll Tide fans oh, out there. okay.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not a Roll Tide fan. Let me just be Did clear. Can you clarify that? Yes. Hotty toddy.
0: Hotty toddy. Oh
1: Miss. I'm there from New go. Orleans. Where does Louisiana fall on that list? Uh,
0: not too far off. It's 110. Hmm. 110. Uh, Top fives, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, South Dakota, and Kentucky. Imagine that. 116 in uh, Mississippi. Alabama's at 115. Arkansas at 114. South Dakota at 113. Kentucky at 112. Tennessee's at 111. Wow. Um, Louisiana's at 110. So they just break it down by state, not by city. Yeah. Okay. This is by state. So, rather interesting article. You can go out on our website uh, and get out on uh, Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio and check this out. It's, it's out there. What state gives you the most bang for your buck? So, if you're looking to relocate or you're wondering why all these people are relocating to Nashville from California, Illinois, who is actually breaking even right at $100, um, Virginia, New York, any of these places up in the East Coast that are sitting at $92, $88. you'll start to understand their cost of living is a whole lot higher than ours. So there's multiple reports that we have out there on our website that you can check out and see exactly why. But we've got to jump out to another break real quick. And if you've got your house on the market and it has not sold relatively uh, quickly, and when I say quickly in less than 30 days, you need to come back and uh, listen to what we're going to talk about next. because. You might have it priced too high. So, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio fifteen ten WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio fifteen ten WLAC. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show where we talk all things real estate. So, if your house has been in the market and it hasn't quite sold yet. How do you know you have it priced right? Alicia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's only a few things that affect selling a house. And it's location, which we can't change. Nope. Condition, which we can change, and price. Yes. Yes. And part of the problem in Nashville lately has been that we've had such escalating prices that people really think, a lot of times, they really think their house is worth more than it is.
0: They always do, don't they? Yes.
1: More and often they, than not? Well, you know, there's there's exceptions. But um, pricing right in the buyer's market a few years back was extremely important to price it right, right out of the gate. Yeah. And people think that that's not as important now, but it is every bit as important. Yep. And and the thing is is people are afraid that they might sell their house too low. Like, oh, you cannot price it too low. If if we price your house too low, I promise you you will have <laughs> multiple offers, yes. people stampeding the door, mm-hmm. bidding you up. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So um it's still vitally important to price it right. You know, and there's sometimes when I'll say, you know, listen, you 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 don't really have to move for 6 or 8 months and we can test the market, but you don't want to test the market too too long. Right. If you get it out there a little bit high, maybe 10,000, 15000 15 high, you want to reevaluate at the end of the first, you know, 5 to 10 showings and then go ahead and drop it.
0: Yeah. There's a cool triangle that the um National Association of Realtors put out there about the impact of price uh, visibility. And it's cool how you can actually look at it. And if you put it right at market price, if you, you're listing that is, of you, you capture about 60% of the potential buyers will see your property. But then if you put it at up to 10% below market value, which is counterintuitive to most home buyers, I mean, home sellers, because they're like, why am I going to sell my house or why am I Correct. going to list my house for less than what it's worth, you know? Mm-hmm. And to trying to get them to understand that right out the gate is, is difficult, mm-hmm. you know? And yet they don't understand or, or can, can grasp the fact that, okay, you just increased the visibility of the number of people that are going to see your property from 60% to 75% and create that feeding frenzy like you just described. And now all of a sudden you've created a bidding war.
1: Correct. So and, you're gonna get more. Yeah. And say let's say we're at right around two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand, any kind of break like two fifty. Um, and somebody says, Oh, I really wanna do two fifty-nine, I'm like, in uh, in a lot of situations, if that if two fifty nine is a little gonna be a little too high, then get down to two forty-nine because you're gonna have people that are gonna cap their searches at two fifty yeah. and they're not even gonna see your house at two fifty nine right. and you would have been happy taking two forty nine. Right. Then the house can sit on the market, it can get stale, and then you end up taking two thirty nine.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you know you look at this this impact of price invisibility triangle and then you go the exact opposite and you price your house ten percent above market value and you drop the number of people from sixty percent down to only 30% of the pe- of the potential buyers now see your property. So you went from 60% of your people seeing your property at market value, up to 75% of the potential buyers seeing your property when you priced it just 10% below market value, to cutting that all the way down to only 30% by being greedy and asking for 10% more of market value. Mm-hmm.
1: And the bottom line, Mike, is that people, buyers want to feel like they got a good deal also. yeah. And the the house buying process is a, you know, it's a 30 to 45 day process and there's home inspections and everything else. And if the buyer feels like they're getting a great deal, they're going to be a lot less, they're going to work with you through those inspections and appraisal contingencies a lot better than if they think that they've already overpaid for a house that has been on the market (laughs) for three to four months.
0: So how do we convey to Mr. and Mrs. Home Seller that hey, trust us, list your house five to ten grand below market value? Yes, we understand you want to list it at let's say two fifty five, but trust us, list it at two forty seven or two forty eight, and you're going to probably get two fifty five or maybe even higher. You're going to get what you want. How do you how do you convince them of that? How do you how do you sh- you know, get them to play ball with that.
1: Well, ultimately, I work for the seller. So I just have to put the information in front of the seller and then if a seller ends up saying, No, I want to list for two fifty nine. It's their decision and yeah. that's what I just do, you know, do my do the best at marketing and such and then we evaluate again, like I said, after five to ten showings, if if you're not getting an offer within the standard rule has been with in the first ten showings. If you haven't had an offer in ten showings, you're overpriced. Yeah. Or your condition is not right, which hopefully if you list with me, we've tried to fix your condition before <laughs> before we put it on the market. <laughs>
0: How many people um, want to go ahead and get an appraisal up front?
1: I I discourage getting an appraisal up front. Okay. Uh, I believe that appraisals are one person's opinion of the market value that particular day. Okay. And so I I think I like to explain appraisals to my sellers that – you know, listen, you're going to spend $500 doing that. I'd rather you spend the $500 repainting (laughs) Um, because the bank is the one who orders the appraisals. And like I said, it's one person's opinion on that day. And in, you know, in 30 days... Two more houses on your street may have sold yes, for higher than true. today. So today's value is not tomorrow's value.
0: And those comps could sway either way. It could be a positive comp or a, unfortunately a negative comp exactly, as well. Exactly. Exactly. And what about home inspections? Go ahead and get a home inspection done ahead of time.
1: Um so that's sometimes I do that, sometimes they I don't. Okay. Um there's there's different pros and cons to that. Um if I think that the house needs a tremendous amount of work, then I might go ahead and offer that okay. as an option. But for the most part, no. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of uh, subcontractors at my disposal, so once once I get the home inspection back from the buyer, I can pretty much knock out the what wo- you know the, the list of repairs pretty quickly okay. um, but that being said if the house is in really bad shape then we want to knock out some of those things prior to because we also don't want to scare the buyers off
0: true true now you you also have um a huge um rental base
1: i do i mean I do. a
0: huge rental base how many properties do you guys also have under your management
1: Oh, uh, i'm i personally manage about 70 total properties some of those i wow. own but most of them are for clients that, over the years, I've helped them purchase, or clients that have purchased and moved out of state, and right. want, so.
0: So I mean, I mean that's. I wouldn't even manage. it's like, wow, seventy properties, man. Now you
2: organization, right? I was about have a to say great I have skills. a great assistant.
0: I'm thinking about you over there, darling. You guys have rental properties and I'm yeah. thinking, okay, that I know how many you guys have and I know you have an assistant, but yet I'm thinking seventy properties.
1: I know. Sometimes I forget and then she reminds me just how many doors we manage and I go, Oh, wow. No wonder I'm tired, <laughs> or no wonder she's tired. Yeah, I was about to say, you need another assistance.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you guys, you, I mean, when you take somebody, um, so you market that in a way for somebody of, hey, if you got a um, somebody's looking to move, or you got anybody coming in relocating, do you try to help anybody in that way, or is it just for some
1: the, for renters that yeah. need a place? Um, I get people that call me every now and then, and I usually always between seventy properties, I always have something coming up available.. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, there's so much there's so many apps out there and so many ways for people to find rental property that yeah. it's usually better for them. To just do their own thing. Do their own thing. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: just like I mean, we 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 don't get involved with too much of the rental stuff as far as renting properties. So I'm kind of out of touch with that. So it was just kind of curiosity there for me. Absolutely. So, but I was thinking seventy properties. Holy <laughs> smokes, that's a lot to manage. Could you imagine that? No,
2: I would need an assistant. For sure, it's and really it organized. It's I a,
1: definitely it's a well it's a well greased machine. Once you yeah, once you're managing fifteen too. or twenty, you might yeah. as well take on. It's like having a multiple children. Once oh. you've got a few, have oh them. no, no,
0: I don't know. Could you imagine Brian's head spinning with that? Of
2: course, I only have one child. He would have loved to have had about ten.
0: Uh, of course, no, no, no,
2: but that didn't happen.
0: Whew. We got to jump out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk on another reason why houses are selling so quickly, and then we're going to get into. Insurance and talking about why insurance companies are not the same and why you need to compare. you been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You listen to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things real estate. So it's probably not a shocker that homes are selling quickly. Nationwide, not just here in Nashville, but uh, the existing home sales report shows that 54% of homes across the country were selling in less than 30 days in June. So, the July numbers are not out yet, but, um, I mean, Nashville, I mean, if it's priced right.
2: What is Nashville's statistic?
0: Days, hours, Uh, depending on where it's at. Yeah. I mean. Depending. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're still having to price it correctly. Yeah.
0: If it's priced right, oh, my gosh, it's gone.
2: But you see the multiple, you have to see the multiple offer situations. We we do, but it's
1: starting to soften a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, what do you attribute the softing to? I mean, you have the back-to-school kind of rush, the slowdown of all that kind of stuff, but are, are you seeing other things? Well, to in that?
1: my nine years of selling real estate, summertime always goes into a little bit of a lull and mm-hmm. then picks back up in September. So, um, so July was slower for me, but then probably I had probably six or seven closings in August. Stuff that was working all summer. Right. And then um, September, October, November will be pick up again. December and January will slow down a little bit. And then, you know, January 2nd, my phone just starts going crazy because people are getting ready for the spring (laughs) spring selling season. Yep. Yep.
0: It's like all of a sudden. All right. New Year's resolutions. Whatever the reasons are, things just start happening.
1: We're thinking about mm-hmm. blah blah blah, having a baby. We need a bigger house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's start planning. <laughs> it's amazing how that stuff works.
1: I love that part of my job too, though.
0: It's fun. It is fun. I mean, it's. I mean, you get to be part of somebody's biggest financial
1: decision. Yeah, exactly. And you get to
0: watch the family grow, and when they come back, and you see them go from no kids to. Gosh, how many kids they end so up with. Fun. Yeah, yeah like, it really wow. is fun. It is cool. So some insurance, Miss Darla Boozlow.
1: Yes. So
0: why? I mean, I know why, and I'll give my spill on this. Cause me as a consumer, I have seen this and experienced this. Um, I used to be with the bigger box um insurance companies that you see sponsoring all of the big sports uh, venues, right. big games and all that good stuff. Fun commercials. Fun commercials <laughs> um, and so forth. And was that's who I was always with. And you were with one of those. And basically I didn't know anybody else existed. And then you guys educated me on, hey, here's – Here's this whole new realm of carriers out here that are just as good, and actually better in some instances. Yeah, yeah. than these guys over here. Yeah, and they're cheaper.
2: Yeah, because you're not sometimes
0: (laughs) because you're not paying for oh they're they're advertising they're they're covering the 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 sugar bowl Mm -hmm. oh well somebody's got to pay for all that advertisement of the sugar bowl. Oh, they're paying for the the cotton bowl, or they're paying for whatever bowl, or they're paying for the F, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, that's got to come from somewhere. Yep. So, do you want to pay for all that advertisement and say you're with such and such company, or do you just want good solid insurance? And I had to file a claim. Not, uh, it's been a little while ago. And actually, my parents had to file a claim too when uh, a bunch of the tornadoes came through several years ago, and literally. Both instances, we called, the following day, the adjusters were there, the following day, the work was being done, and it's like, we 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 couldn't even ask questions, it was just done. Everything was being handled, done, 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 done. And it's everything that you would expect in service from the bigger guys, but yet it was from What I call the smaller guys, but yet they're still now, now there's some big, they're growing up to be big, big companies now. So I set that up for you to expand on.
2: Well, if you look at the bigger companies, and I was with a captive, we were with a captive for seven or eight years. If you look at those companies, it's who your grandfather was with.
1: It's, mm-hmm. who,
2: it's who your parents went with, and then that you got added to your parents' policy as a teenager, and then yes. that's, there's a longevity there. And those companies have been around for a long, long time. Right. But the difference is, so you have a captive agent, yes, which is what we were, and then you go to the independent side where you have newer companies, some smaller, some larger. But from a captive or from an independent perspective, it's just more options. Mm-hmm. The quality of the coverage is still there. The service is still there. Exceptional. Yeah. They all have to meet the same guidelines. The difference being different insurance carriers, just like different banks in the mortgage industry, have different appetites. Mm-hmm. Some want the squeaky clean. So they're going to price for that where somebody has no claims, no youthful drivers. Other people that are trying to capture their market share, they may be a little more flexible on their underwriting. Right. They may say, "Hey, we'll price good for young drivers so that we can capture a certain population." Okay. So, from that perspective, it really just depends on the carrier. We only write with A-rated carriers, and that's real important. There's a company, AM Best, that rates insurance companies on the types of things that I talked about, uh, the coverage, service, you know, those types of um, pricing, all those types of things and that's real important when you're shopping for an insurance company. Okay. Is that are they with AM Best? What are they rated? And of course claims are everything, service is everything. In our agency, we have agency standards where we won't write below certain coverages.
0: Okay.
2: Because as much as we want we have to protect our carriers and our customers. Right. Because people forget that insurance companies, they're a business too. Yeah. You know, they're here like anyone else to make money. Yeah. But they're also here to pay claims when the time comes to pay claims.
0: You got people trying to scam you guys out of things and setting you up as well. Oh,
2: you don't even know. Uh, (laughs) 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 It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So then you guys also do things with uh, umbrella policies and stuff like that. Let's talk about the umbrella policies and also why um, carriers – want to bundle auto and home why why don't why won't carriers just write your home without an auto
2: so they will okay um write your home without an auto but really writing a home and an auto together, it's really designed for the customer's benefit, and you would be surprised how many clients or prospects when they call in and you ask them about that other line. If they call in for home insurance and you ask about their auto, they think, oh, you're just being a greedy insurance agent, and it's not that at all. Most companies, if they write your home and auto together, you're going to get up to 30, 35% discount.
0: Okay. That's pretty big. So
2: that's your best discount. Um, That's why we're asking for both of those lines of business. But umbrellas, you mentioned umbrellas, it is exactly what it sounds like coming over the home and auto. And it is probably, it's underutilized, thankfully, because it is a larger liability policy. All right. So you have your home, you have your auto, you have your limits for those, and then you have your umbrella an umbrella started a million dollars in protection, so it comes over both, so that if you have an accident, you get sued, and your underlying limits on your home or your auto, your liability is not enough, and I'm getting into some real jargon here, but that umbrella is designed to protect you in that extreme circumstance, and it's one of the least expensive policies that you can buy. Everybody should, that has a home and auto should have an umbrella.
0: Yeah, because that, that was one thing that shocked me. Because when you guys started showing us the numbers with that, I mean, it was like, a, I mean, like a couple hundred bucks, I want to say, with a couple scenarios we saw. But yet, if you had some, someone fell on your property and they had some sort of serious injury, I mean, like you're talking five hundred thousand dollars worth of, you know, medical bills, mm-hmm. and that exceeded your homeowner's, mm-hmm. you know, policy. Or you were in a car accident mm-hmm. and that exceeded the three hundred thousand in your. Automobile. Yep. Now all of a sudden, your umbrella policy would basically protect you and kick in at that point.
2: And if you don't have an umbrella, the lovely lawyers are going to come after you to get that money for their client.
0: Yeah. And, and then, so, and
2: where's it going to come from? It comes from your 401k that you've worked ho- so hard your for, home. your savings account, yep. your home equity, and it, and it happens. Granted, it's kind of extreme situations, right? But it does happen, right? And when you're on the other side of the fence where it's happened to you, you know. You get the reason for the importance of it. And there's plenty of people out there that have had those experiences that will tell you, get an umbrella.
0: I mean, it's just you need to just sit down with somebody like Darla to be able to understand why you need to look at everything as a whole, look at the possibilities of worst case scenarios and just plan for everything. Just like you need to sit down with a financial advisor and plan for the best, you also need to plan for the worst.
2: You know, it's funny when you mention a financial advisor because we work with a lot of them. Yeah. Because basically I'm saying to them, my job is to help protect everything that you're helping somebody build.
0: Bingo. That's it. Yeah. So, well, Jimmy's saying we've got to go, man. So uh, he's playing the music saying we got to get on out of here, man. But, hey, call Darla. All of her contact information is going to be on the website. If you got any insurance questions, and call Alicia. All of her information will be out on the website as well at MoneyManMike.net and out on Facebook at Mike Radio. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WIC We'll be back with you next week. Have a great day.